today we're going to be studying through uh, today's title is a radiant God being his people in our religion. In our religion, that's an interesting term. Um, Doug, I, I kind of thought we weren't supposed to be about religion. I thought we were supposed to be our relationship with Christ. Well, um, actually, we're going to see in the text that uh, we are to be about religion, about the right kind of what we're talking about. Um, in fact, definition for religion, a unified system of beliefs and practices, a unified system of beliefs and practices by means of which people orient themselves in the world. And that's spot in, uh, spot on. A unified system of beliefs and practices by means of which people orient themselves in the world. And that's what's going on here. James has been, in the letter of James, James has been orienting us. He's been unifying and orienting us and moving us along. And if I were to summarize where we've kind of come in five words, it would be these five words. A biblical knowing drives biblical becoming. Biblical knowing drives biblical becoming. And uh, I, with that, open your Bible to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, please. And there are so many things on my head right now. Just I'm so about this text, trying to pull, pull it all together. James chapter 1. As you're turning there, just a couple things to remind you. We're entering in the New Testament, kind of coming off last Sunday. Uh, consider the text. We're coming into the New Testament, not the Old Testament. We're coming into an epistle. It's not narrative. It's not uh, Psalms. It's not Proverbs. It's not a lament. It's not historical narrative. It's an epistle. It's a letter. And we're entering into a letter. It's written by James. James is unique from all the other human authors that God used to pen down his words. And, and I've just been privileged that I get the chance to spend 20, 25 hours a week just be able to spend time with this dude as he's writing and trying to figure him out and uh, just to have some time together with this guy. And I feel like I'm getting to know him better and better. And James is a unique writer in all of this. So that's the text we're coming into it, the paragraphs. As you just look at the paragraphs, you kind of see in a reminder, epistolary thought, we talked about last week, epistolary thought moves by paragraphs. Epistolary thought moves by paragraphs. Letters moves by paragraph. Thought moves. So don't just go in and grab something, a sentence out or a statement out and yank it out of its context. Thought moves by paragraph. So I'm preaching this series kind of paragraph by paragraph. Today we have two paragraphs on the table. And in fact, uh, in that, as you look at uh, the, this paragraph, we're asking the question, is it continuing or is it beginning a new thought? If epistolary thought moves by paragraphs, then is it starting a thought, moving a thought? I'm just going to say this. We're in two paragraphs today and it's continuing a thought. It's furthering a thought. It's drafting off of last Sunday's paragraph. And then uh, we talk about consider the sentences. I'll just say, if you look at the beginning sentence of the first of the paragraph we're in today, verse 22, and then the beginning of verse 26, you'll see this. It says, but be doers. And then verse 26 says, if anyone thinks. You already have an idea of where James is going here. Doing thinking. Doing thinking. And he's actually been driving the thinking process in it, and he's bringing this. These verses at the end of chapter one are a hinge text. It's a hinge text. He's making a movement here. He's going from biblical knowing to biblical becoming and doing in that. And we're in the first letter, as I would understand, the first New Testament letter penned. 
40, mid 40 AD, latter 40 ADs, and that always intrigues me. It's not the first teaching that we have ever. I mean, Jesus was before James. It's not the first teaching only of the New Testament, but it is clearly the first writing of it, and first always intrigued me. And so I asked the question, so what's the first subjects of the first pen New Testament going to be about? It just always is the way I think. What's the first subject that is going to come off the gate? And normally, I would be thinking he's writing to churches. He's writing to local churches scattered. I would be thinking he's writing to these Messianic Jews, and he's going to tell them how to do organization and institutional structuring and how to order themselves. James doesn't talk about that. That's not the first thing. And as a guy who's a pastor and kind of my job career, if you will, in some of that, I would be thinking he would be talking about organization and institution and programming and so But he doesn't do that. He really talks about two things so far. Know that you are to be a persevering people and know that you are to be a progressing people. That's it. That's what the first chapter has been about and that's how the first chapter finishes out. Know that you're to be a persevering people. Beginning in verse two, count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of all kinds, because trials are tests of your faith, and tests produce steadfastness. They produce perseverance in you, and perseverance, steadfastness, effects maturity of you. And by the way, the blessing and the crown of life out of that. Know that, know that, know that. And he's pressing in that, and now he's moving into this persevering in it. So what is the chapter one about? It's about persevering, it's about progressing, and he drives it home today in the text. It's kind of this. Hey, redeemed followers of Christ, trying to figure out what it looks like to live as local bodies of believers for Christ's glory in the midst of the the latter uh, mid-40 ADs, know this. Know that you are to be an increasingly becoming, uh, an increasingly persevering people and an increasingly progressing in Christ people. That's it. That's what you're to be about. And by the way, friends, that's what we're to be about. Persevering and progressing in Christ for his glory. Here's a statement I'll put up on the screen as well. Coming to Christ is followed by a life of persevering and progressing in Christ. Coming to Christ is followed by a life persevering and progressing in Christ. If someone were to ask, hey, Radiant Bible Church, what are you guys about? Here's what I hope it would not be. I hope the answer to that would not be, man, we are about great programs. Know this, nothing's wrong with programs. But I would pray that that would not be the first thing on our mouths. Because friends, it's not about, hey, we have the best programs for kids, we have the best programs for teens and adults and for seniors and for men and for women and for bakers and knitters and gamers. And yeah, yeah, we have sports programs and we have handling money programs and leadership programs and we have arts programs and music programs and programming for parents with little kids and big kids and grown kids and tall kids and short kids and wide kids and skinny kids and for single parents and for grandparents and, and we have programs for weight loss and we have programs for Bible study and we have programs about how to start and lead a program. And can I say, seriously, that is actually much of what the American church is today. And God's people, I'm going to take blame on the ministry side, but I actually think God's people over the recent decades have been taught that's what you look for. You look for a church with great programs. Nothing's wrong with programs. 
Some of ours are good, some of ours aren't so great. But that's not the point. The point of it is I hope if someone comes to us and says, hey, Radiant Bible Church, what are you guys about over there? I hope it would be the, you know what, we're about seeing people come to Christ and we're about seeing people that know Christ persevere and progress in their walk with Christ. That's it. That's it. I mean, that's what I hope it would be. Well, you guys aren't so good at that. So good. I know, I know. But man, I'm telling you, if you want to talk about the center of our target, the center of our target is we want to be a people committed to Jesus Christ who are persevering and are progressing in him for his glory and for other people to come to Christ. That's what we want. That's what we want. That's what we want. <laughs> and I'm struck by the fact the first written New Testament book, that's what it says. That's what James wants for his churches. We're going to see that today. Two final statements, then we'll dive in. Bogus Christianity. I think we're going to see this in the text. I'm calling it bogus Christianity is characterized by the absence of persevering and progressing in Christ. Bogus Christianity is characterized by the absence of persevering and progressing in Christ. Biblical Christianity, biblical Christianity is characterized by the presence, the ongoing presence of persevering and progressing in Christ. Let's, uh, Lord willing, see this in our text today. We're in the last two paragraphs of chapter one. Uh, leading up to these, uh, I've talked, mentioned already, I think James is all about knowing. You look at verse Three in James 1, for you know that. Then you go to verse 19, which is even last week. Know this, my beloved brothers and sisters. James has been helping us to know some things. And those knowing things include doing things. Uh, Count it all joy. But his main emphasis has been you need to know that. You need to understand that. Why? Because if we don't know those things, if we don't understand and grasp a hold of those things, we won't be a be become a people that is becoming those things. It starts with knowing. It's followed by the doing of it. And then we pick up here in verse 22 and look what he says. But be doers. Now we're getting there. He's turning the hinge. He's moving. And I want to tell you this. The rest of the book is about James saying, do this and do this and be this and be this and be this. The, the knowing has established the basis upon which all the calls to now be a becoming people are built on. We will never leave the knowing truths laid out in chapter one. Everything coming after this is built on chapter one, and he's turning the corner into that. Look at that. But be doers. I have the English Standard Version. Most of the, Engl most of the English versions kind of have that idea. New International Version has a little bit different take on it. I appreciate what they're trying to do is figure out how to say it because the word here, there's two words used at the beginning of this in the Greek that, that are a hard for us to put into English. And so we have here in English Standard Version, but be. But, but it sounds like a contrasting, and it's not really a contrasting. So if, if, if I could write my own version, on these opening words here, verse 22, give me grace on this, uh, with it, I would extend it out to read something like this. God's people, you must be presently, actively, continuously be a becoming people. He's really talking about becoming, uh, not be 
Because sometimes when we hear B, we think we have to achieve that. And then once we get on the podium, we've now accomplished that. And that's not the Christian life. That's not what James was just talking about. Right before that, James was saying, you know, take off, put on, the exchanging of last week. The Christian life is a growing and changing in Christ process. We're always maturing. We're always advancing. When we get to the place where we think the Christian life is a legalistic checklist, we're in trouble. And when we get to the point where we think uh, walking in Christ means getting, an, uh, getting to a point where we're completed, uh, we're in trouble. It's always progressing. It's don't just be, it's becoming something. There's hope in becoming. If there's a call, you must be this, I'm going to tell you right there, that's discouraging. Because day in and day out, I'm like, <laughs> I wasn't so good at being that today. But when we talk about it as a, we are to become this, it's a, there's a becoming process, then we understand that when we come to Christ, the process just begins. I came to Christ when I was seven years old. At seven years old, at seven years old, I heard for the umpteenth time, uh, at a church we visited one Sunday of John three sixteen for God so loved the world. You know it, you've seen it, the field goal verse. John 3, 16, and I've heard that time and time again, and it's seven years old, standing between a drinking fountain and a bathroom door, I drove the stake in the ground. It's a seven-year-old. All I knew is that, apparently, I'm a sinner separated from God, and that's a problem. And apparently, God has stepped in and done for me through the second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, and made his work available to me if I will receive that. And if I receive that, I will be God's child. And as a child, I'm like, want that. Want that. And at seven years old, that's all I knew. And by God's grace, through, through, through my family, through teachers, helping me to understand, no, coming to Christ, that's not the end game. You don't instantly be something. You are now stepping into becoming something, and all God's people said, and the lights went out. It's all right. Tech team, love you guys. Uh, we had a problem in the first service as well, or someone. It's uh, something's going on. Uh, okay, where was I at? It's the online people. Can we blame it on the online people? <laughs> Love you guys. If they go out again, we're just going to roll, okay? So we have that. So coming to Christ is about becoming in Christ. Not that we have to earn, but it's putting on what James was just talking about last week. And James here is drafting off, that's where I'm at, James is drafting off the paragraph from last week and saying, but be doers of the word. Be doers of the word, becoming ones who are doing the world. And word, and notice it, it says, verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. One of the things I'm continuing to see and we're gonna see about James is James gets at it. I don't think James is rude or he's like, I mean, in the beginning he says, beloved brothers and sisters, man, he loves these people. And yet in it, as he's going in it, and as he's carrying God's people through it, James is kind of like, you know what, I don't have a lot of papyrus to write on or something. I'm just going to get at it. And so he goes at it. 
And in this, sometimes he has these statements that we want to rush over. But sit on it for a little bit. Listen to this. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. It's easy to be a hearer only, isn't it? Listen, I I can tell you with what I do week in and week out, I so badly want for this to have impact, to make a difference, to move us, because knowing that biblical knowing drives biblical becoming. And yet in it, it's easy to get stuck in just being a knowing people. You know, just if I just hear more, if I just, it's kind of like what one commentator says that uh, in this that Graham Cook, deception does not come overnight, it's drip fed into our lives in small doses over a long period of time. And we can get to where we're just, uh, we just hear, and we hear, and we hear, and we hear, and I don't expect you to remember even what was preached two weeks ago or three, this is like feeding for the week in coming here. And yet in it, it should be compounding, and in it, we should not just be hearers only. It's one of the reasons I just love it when you have your Bibles open on your lap, looking at it, having it there, me there, person there. And in this, we can move into just being hearers only. Like, I just want a good tidbit. It can even be a slow drip of, well, I study, and, or I debate, or uh, I critique, or uh, I'm about programs, or I'm about hearing, I'm about serving only, and And in that, we can become not doers, friends. And we kind of have this idea that can overtake us, that it's like, I'm hearing, and I'm waiting for this epiphany moment, for God just to kind of go, and it's like, boom, I come out from like Mount Sinai, and hair's glowing, and we're absolutely changed. I'm waiting for that moment still. But the fact of the matter is, is James has been moving us along, and James is helping us to know that our engagement in persevering and progressing requires our engagement in it. It requires you and me not just hearing only, not just studying only, not just talking only, but getting after it. And if we're hearers only, James is saying, friend, you're doing some bogus living right now. You're deceiving yourself. That is not what real, true, biblical Christianity is. It's not just about there was a time I received Christ between a bathroom door and a drinking fountain, or I walked an aisle, or I prayed with my mom or dad, or you were in the car and you heard on the radio, or I don't know, something, whatever your story might be. If you've come to a place where you've driven the stake in the ground and received Christ as your Lord, know this, it has not ended there. It has started there. You've been made new through the imputed righteousness of Christ, sealed by the Spirit of God, held by the Spirit of God, and you have the Word of God, and you have the call of God. By God's grace, let's get after the working out of our full future sanctification. Let's begin progressing in it. Let's be set apart in it, growing. And friend, unfortunately, that just doesn't happen. 
It's building off the text before. It means taking off the filthy rags and not and putting them away and putting on new. That takes effort, that takes thought, that takes the Lord working in us for sure, but it takes work on our part. And I fear sometimes for me and for us that we may be looking and going, you know what, as I look down the trail of what's been going on in my life in the last weeks or the last months or the last years, I'm not seeing really much progressing. I'm kind of where I was two years ago. If that's the case for you, I want to lovingly say this, you're in a bogus position. You're in a bogus position right now. You're in a self-deceiving position because know this, that is not what the Lord wants for you. There is to be movement. There is to be growth in it. And James has been helping us to know that. And now he's pressing into us to get after it. Verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For, and here James does all throughout, he's like, he like puts the truth on the table and then he grabs an example. And that example is not intended to be, uh, as I'm learning him more, it's not intended to be the full example, the complete example, the fullest of all examples, but he's kind of putting some skin to the bones that he's putting in front of us. That's what I love about him. And, and oftentimes we think, man, the dude's scatterbrained. No, he's not. He's helping us. He's pulling things into it. So be doers of the word, verse 23. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like, well, he's, He's like a man, he's like a woman who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he is like. Just pause there just for a second. We don't understand this reality. We don't understand it because we have amazing mirrors in our day. We have mirrors that are glass and are silver coated and, and they're not all wonky, it's not circus mirrors. And, uh, and we have them everywhere. I mean, every, you've got them in our bathrooms. Uh, I don't have one in my office, but I can like look in the glass and kind of see the reflection at times. And it's like, you know, we have them there. We have them in our purses. We have everywhere we go, we have mirrors. And we don't understand in that day, that was not the case. In fact, probably most households that the readers are hearing this, they probably did not even have a mirror in their home. In fact, mirrors in that day were made out of copper or bronze or a metal. Think about that. That means it's like copper-colored, bronze-colored that's been highly polished. And it's not like floor to ceiling. <laughs> you can't get the whole look in one shot. And it's copper-colored. I'm like, man, I'm way more tan than I thought. It's copper colored, it's bronze colored. The other they would have is, it would be most often kind of around places would be, it was a black stone that they would polish down. And I mean, they would crazy polish these. So they were really good reflectors. But no, think about that. When you went and you looked in a mirror in mid 40 AD, you weren't looking into a clear silver coated, like you can see every, all the colors of your skin and your hair and everything. You're looking into something that's reflecting back and you've got to look and you've got to look intently and you've even got to kind of it's like the mirror is speaking back to you and you're speaking with it there's an engage going back and forth we just think this is the kind of thing where it's like I'm looking out 
forget. That's not it. This is the dude who they understand. They're looking and they're looking and they're looking and intently and intentionally looking, taking a look, taking a look, taking a look, and then they walk away and they forget. James is using this to help us see something here. People that are doers of the word are the kind of people who are not looking, looking, hearing, hearing, walk away, forgetting. They are people who are looking, 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 walking away, and they are purposing to remember. I don't expect you to remember every sermon. I can't even remember what I preached like earlier in the week. That's not the point. The point is, is that as we peer into God's word, as we dig it out, it's to have an effect on us where we should not be the kind of people where after months and after years of time, it's like a look and forgetting, looking forgiving, and I'm just waiting for it to do an X-Men reality on me and just and change me into a superpower. Friends, that is not the Christian life. That is not what it looks like. James is helping us to see that it includes the persevering, the presence of persevering, progressing, calling for our activity, our involvement in it. Verse 24, for he looks at himself and goes away and forgets what he looks like, but the one who looks into the perfect law Again, looking intently and intentionally. The one who looks in and perseveres. Being not just a hearer only, uh, but a doer who acts. Those are action words. Those are movement words. Those are purposed words. It's not saying when you go and you look into the word of God and you walk away with a feeling, continue that feeling. It's not saying that saying when you walk away and truths stand out and something stand out and the Spirit of God uses the Word of God to press upon you and me what we need to hear out of the Word of God. It's like, I'm gonna remember that, God. I'm putting that down. I'm taking a note. I'm working on it. And I'm going to now go back to the prior paragraph. I'm gonna take off and I'm gonna put on. It's an intentionality and there's an intensity to it. And friends, the Christian American reality is it's gotten lame. We need a little suffering. And I say that with great fear and trembling. But when we are more about things that aren't the things that we need to be about, we're in trouble. And James, I'm just gonna make a note, James isn't talking about go change your politics. James isn't even saying go change your culture is the central call. James is saying first, the center of the target is being a persevering and progressing people. By the way, know this. When you are that, you will do a work by God's grace. That's the center of the target. And that's, friends, why I just want for you to know here when we gather together, Hour. My objective here is honestly less influenced by the present moment, ha- present moment happenings out there, and I'm more interested in bringing us living in that, bringing us back to the Word. 
in the mirror, looking in, it looking back. That's what we need to do. And as the Old Testament from a couple Sundays, Numbers chapter 1 and 2, when all the Israelites are positioned, when we're outside, all the Israelites are positioned around the tabernacle in the center, what are the Levites doing? Might I say it this way? What are the elders and pastors doing? They're keeping everyone focused on the center of the target, which is the Lord, as they are engaged out. And that's what's happening here. I want to bring us back. I want to bring us back. I want to bring us back as you are serving, as you are working, as you are loving our communities, as you are speaking into our communities, as you are engaged in our communities. But when you come here, we're going to the mirror. Because that's the center of the target. What verse am I at? Just finish 25. Let's go 26. If anyone thinks he is religious... And does not bridle his tongue, but, de- but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. It's interesting, he's grabbed this, this word anyone. I think he's, James is now again, he's kind of stepping even broader, not just to uh, you who I'm specifically writing to, but just think to anyone. If anyone says that he, that she is religious and does not bridle his tongue, interesting, why does he bring that one? Not because that is the only thing, but because he's grabbing off of what he just talked about earlier. Quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. He already pulled off of anger last week, and now he's getting onto this whole idea of quick to listen, slow to speak. He's pulling in as an example again. He's grabbing that and bringing it in. Listen, if anyone thinks that they are religious and you don't bridle your tongue, here again, you are deceived. He's pressing home, not a to-do list. Let's not all go Pharisee here. What going Pharisee here is, is like, okay, then give me the list of things to do. And check, check, check. Not that. James is pulling an example. He's trying to help us to see. Hey, listen, if you want to think you're religious, religious, a united, organized uh, structure on how to orient yourself in the world. If, if you think that that's part of what's going on, and clearly he's writing to believers here as well, then bridling your tongue should be in that. He's talking about doing, not just hearing only. Being religious, being a follower of Christ is not just about going to church only. It's not just about hearing only. True Christianity, true religion in Christ is about a life that's going after it like a bridled tongue. He again, he uses the word deceives. I think he's continuing his thought here in this paragraph. And notice, he, he deceives himself. He is worthless. Friends, that is serious stuff. James is saying this kind of deal. Listen, if there has been no trail of perseverance and progressing growth in Christ in some shape, manner, and form, and the fact of the matter is, is the graph is always like this. Okay? It always is like it. But the idea is, is that there's some kind of progressing in our sanctification, moving up. There's been some kind of growth over time. Friends, if it's been flatlined, you have to be asking yourself, and, am I deceiving myself? Because if there's no persevering and there's no progressing in Christ for real going on, James is saying, listen, 
You're I thinking that you are a religious person in Christ? That's worthless thinking. It's worthless thinking. Verse 27, he goes on, religion that is pure and undefiled, he's contrasting this. Before God the Father is this, to visit the orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. James is pressing home the doing. He is making this hinge movement. Really important here. When it talks about visiting the orphans and the widows, it's not just the word visit uh, carries this idea of engaged with. It's not just even a moment. It's actually helping in a serious kind of a way. But don't go Pharisee on me. What I mean by that is, again, James is not saying, here's the to-do list. He's again grabbing an example. Back in that day, when if you wanted to talk about, if you really wanted to care for someone, the persons that you would care most for, right available to you and around you, were orphans and widows in that day. Because friends, there was no government, there was no social security, there was no any, I mean, you were in serious trouble in life as an orphan and a widow in that day. And in that, as you are looking at this, if you really want to be someone who's truly uh, uh, walking in Christ, progressing in Christ, you need to have eyes for people that are hurting around you. Note, he's already said bridled tongue. He's already, now he's adding this whole idea of orphans and widows. Don't, get, don't take this too much and go, let's go serve at a soup kitchen. Do that. But that is not the checkbox to complete this. It's the idea of the ongoing heart, mind, eyes of someone who is going through life with a bridled tongue, with eyes that are, that are peering out and, and, and seeking after the hurting and the helpless. Oh, by the way, and there's another thing in there as well, as well. and one who is seeking to be not polluted by the world. All of these are not a list. I'm so pressing that home. These are not a list to do. This is the picture of what it looks like to be a becoming people. And James has already talked about we're to be counting trials all joy. We're to be rightly boasting in chapter one. We're to be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. We're to be taking off and replacing as in exchanging people. We're to be hearing and doing. He's already talked about we're to have bridled tongues. We're to have concern for the hurting and the helpless. We're to be set apart from the world. How interesting on that last one there. How interesting is it oftentimes I think as, as Christians in our day, we tend to want to get as close to looking like them but just a little bit different. Because you know what? Because someone who, we have this bad messed up idea, because someone who uh, walks in Christ, perseveres in Christ, and is progressing in Christ is a dork. Kids, I want you to hear this from me. Know this, that kids and teens and adults who are on game walking with Christ are the coolest ever. And you are a bright light in a dark world, no matter what they say. They think they're cool, they think they're awesome, but scripture says they are in a peck of trouble. And know this, the coolest person is a person with character for Christ. The most impacting student is the student that loves Jesus. 
Don't think that if I were just cool like they're cool, that then I will be in a good place. Know this, you want to be set apart. You want, I don't mean far from them, in the world, but not of the world. We are to be people that this world looks to and goes, you know what? Remember it said in high school, not notes. In high school, a guy was talking to the students and he said to the girls, hey, you want to know the guys with character who, you know what, they want to ask a woman, a girl with character to the prom. They don't want to ask the floozy if they're true character people. And in this, James is coming into this thing of friends living for Christ. This is an awesome thing. This is a delightful thing. And yet it is not easy, right? And it means people who have their minds engaged in the game and are, we're working at, we're working at, we're going after it, we're going after it. I've got to stop. Oh, I got so many other things I want to talk about. We're in a hinge, and let me finish with this. I'm trying to help us see that James has been moving somewhere. James has been grabbing us, verse 3, for us to know. And that idea of knowing has been carrying on through and carrying through. He picks that up again in verse 19. And he's beginning to transition from the what God's people are to be knowing. They're to be persevering. They're to be progressing. Know that, know that, know that. Now he's shifting to let's get after doing that. And from here on out in the book... It's let's do this, and let's be this, and let's become this. One of the things that can be discouraging, and I had a conversation with our small group this week, is this. As we move through the book of James, because James goes at all these things, it's easy to get defeated and discouraged real quick. Because it's kind of like, man, week after week after week, he's adding another thing. And you're like, you know what this is teaching me? This is teaching me that I stink. That's what we can walk away from with James. I want for you to know that from here on out. He's going after thing, something every week. But if I could impress upon us, upon each of us, one thing. If you would in this be grabbing maybe one thing that James has said or one of the things that James is going to be saying and grab and harness that one thing. That's the thing I'm going to get after. That's the thing. Maybe it's counting uh, uh, trials all joy. Or maybe it's even before that process. You know what? I just need to start by considering tests, trials of my faith. I need to start thinking that more. Or, or maybe it's the, you know what, I want to get after quick to listening. Or maybe it's, uh, I want to get after an anger issues that I have. Or, or maybe it's this whole idea, I want to have eyes that are more concerned for hurting and helpless people around me. Or maybe, I don't know what it is. But think about this. If each one of us were going after one thing while we're hearing the other things and learning from them. If we were going after one thing, each what that Lord would put on your heart. And we're going after that for six months. Friends, I'm telling you, this would be a church that would start rocking character in a whole new advanced way. And we could even come into each other and go, hey, what by God's grace is the thing that you're working on? Well, I'm working on this. Well, man, I'm working on it. Hey, let's pray because, man, I'm stinking at it this week. 
Like, let's get after it. Or I saw God do a work. Boy, that would be exciting. That's a church having it. And that's what James, I think, is calling us to be. A church that not only knows these, but a church that is getting after these. So, oh God, I pray for your help. We're just regular people on the west side of Indianapolis. Regular people. And we need your help. God, I pray that the Spirit of God would be using the Word of God just to impress upon our knowing, advancing our understanding of who we are to become. And God, I pray that we wouldn't just leave it checked out in knowing world. I pray that we would get after the becoming reality, the persevering and the progressing. We do, I think, we just want to wait for some instant change to happen. Instead, I think James is calling us to be engaged, to be engaged in our growth with you. So God, I would ask for wisdom that you would be pouring out on us that maybe there's a thing, one area, one item that we need to get after in these coming months. And we're going after that one. God, I I would pray that would happen. And if all of us are progressing even in one area of our life for your glory, how wonderful that would be. How pleased you would be with that. So take all this, Lord, and make sense out of it. Work it in our lives. Give us the ability to persevere and to progress.